welcome to a jovial NFL only better as we hit record. I'm joined as always by Sean Baff and Mike Carlson. And look, we, we got to start off with, with the rumors on the internet. It's swirling around that someone on the team celebrated a big birthday this week. John Balf. <laughs> That's right, Kieran. The big 4-0 was uh, yesterday, Tuesday of this week. So, um, yeah, I think that's hopefully that leans into my uh, veteran NFL analyst now in my 40s. Uh, Mike, how, <laughs> how, how did veteran they celebrate? NFL analyst. <laughs> Mike, how did they celebrate uh, you turning 40 back in the day? I, I assume sort of like well, uh, I mean, you would the, just stand for a picture or, or water paint. signal of some description. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, 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 we did that. We, we um, went, went down to uh, the radio to the um, appliance store and listen to um, Burns and Allen on the radio um, as a big, as a big treat. And uh, I helped my father crank up the car and uh, <laughs> we went, went for yeah. a ride. Uh, beautiful, you know. beautiful tale. tale. Mm-hmm. Um, gentlemen, we're, we're here to look forward and to look back as we always do checking out how we got on uh, last weekend. It, it, it was a tough one. And I noticed when I was listening back, um, and I, I don't just listen to the parts that I'm in, um, which is what I would prefer to do. There was actually a, a little little bit of times where uh, you guys disagreed. Thursday night football, there was a little bit of disagreement. Um, in the end, um, I believe, Mike, you kind of said that the Eagles would be dangerous to score garbage touchdowns, which is exactly what they did to not cover. Meaning that Tom Brady's prime time not covering continues. Um, Wembley game, Miami, we kind of all went for, but I suppose the world went for Miami, to be honest, so I won't hold that one against us too much. Uh, there was um, a bit of a, the uh, ding-dong battle over the Patriots game, which in the end, John, um, you kind of went for over, and Mikey went for under. Um, and we get to our best bets as well, uh, which, you know, makes for, makes for okay reading, to be honest. Uh, Mike, you, the gloating, you went, the gloating in his voice. <laughs> you went for under in the Patriots game, which I can tell you did not click. John over forty nine in the Cleveland game, so of course that was a winner. And well, as for me, of course the bet was Dallas D A L A L A S. Yes, the bet was the Dallas D A. You know that one, Mike? No. And I don't think I want to. No, fair I enough. think you misspelled Dallas there in the first line as well. Well done. I don't Karen. think I did. <laughs> I think <laughs> I you really put in a couple of extra L's, but anyway. No, no, no. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, look. Uh, yeah, they did. They did cover, did, didn't they? Um, they did cover. And obviously it was never, ever in doubt that they were going to cover. They looked. Uh, <laughs> well, it, you know, it's a funny thing. It's hard to watch a game where one team had, I think it was 12 penalties for over a hundred yards, the Cowboys and, and the other team only had four or five and still think the other team got jobbed on the calls because <laughs> on the crucial third and three, um, Nikhil Harry. And if you're throwing in Nikhil Harry on third and three, I accept that you've already got a problem, but he ran a great pattern and he was, he was open um, to the outside and Mac Jones threw it to the outside and um the defender um, number 30, uh, whose name escapes me at the moment, simply reached and grabbed Nikhil Harry's uh, face mask and pulled him back the other way. Yeah. And the pass fell incomplete. And then we, you know, then Bill went, went into defensive mode and punted the ball away and they never saw it again, obviously. So that was it. But I mean, it was so blatant and so one, you know, they're out there on an Island, the one, the two of them, it's like, how can you miss it? But you know, there we yeah, go. but like, if you look, 
Anthony the play, Brown. But the, hold on. The play before that, or sorry, first play of overtime, maybe the first play actually, or the second play, Vagalore catches it. He's possibly all the way to the house. So first off, they never should have been on third down. And not only that, they shouldn't have even been in overtime because Cowboys scored a blatant touchdown that like everyone just was like, where do they think? Dak Prescott's body, if his whole body's over the line, where do they think the bloody ball is? As a matter um, was, of interest. It was well behind him. <laughs> so it was at his feet. So carrying <laughs> the ball through his ankles over the uh, line. So yeah, so don't don't and and you know what? And I know I'm gonna annoy a couple of Patriots fans listening. I know one in particular, but I mean the Pats have got lots of big calls in lots of big games. <laughs> that's, what it, that's what everybody says, but you know, luck is a residue of design, but there's no such thing as luck in the NFL. <laughs> not when they go i mean the game in london uh the two in a row and and my take on it which i didn't get to say because obviously i was down on the sidelines but you know if i'm brian flores i am not challenging a call that they've already turned over on the field for no apparent reason there was a pass that was ruled complete and then someone in new york screamed in john hussey's ear it's incomplete when they change it on the field there's no way in the world they're going to reverse it back so he yeah. should never have challenged that. And then the Jamal Agnew one and people who think the Pates, Patriots, Patriots, boy, did I just I say that? Like the Patriots, Tony. the Patriots get all the um, breaks. will remember Justin Edelman and that ball that went between his legs fielding a punt. Um, and then on, on super slow motion, extra big replay, it just missed his fingers. Well, the one with Jamal Agnew didn't miss his finger. But once they had called it, not a touchdown um, for the uh, covering team. It was never going to be reversed either. They weren't going to end are you the game. S- I, I, are you saying that you think it touched his finger? Conclusively, you think it touched his finger? Because they looked at it like 50 times and maybe... Yeah, I, st- I, still, I still think it, di- it does, which is, which is the ultimate definition of conclusively. If I see it and think it, then that's conclusive. <laughs> but... But I, you know, I accept what the common, what the commentary said is absolutely right. You know, once they've made the call, they are very, very reluctant to overturn it. Um, And that, that's exactly, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. I, I think too, and this is on a completely different subject, but I think the podcast is really getting there now because we actually had a troll last week who was accused, (laughs) accusing me of only, only accentuating the positive in my, in my picks and I, I just thought, okay, we've got a troll. That's great. So I will say in my column, I was wrong about oh. Denver. I yeah. was wrong about Buffalo. I yeah. was right about Baltimore. I was right about the Chiefs. And along the way, I got a couple of the touchdown guys, Stevenson, Henry, James Robinson, right. And I had Pittsburgh and Seattle right by, by half a point. So, and and on, on this show as well, I I did I, I forgot to mention, of course, just running because I was running through quite quickly there. You did tip the Ravens on the spread as well last yeah. week. Yeah. And, you know, and I and I try on the picks to make simple ones, you know, that I think are going to come in, you know, and and the ones that drop we drop in, you know, I'm not necessarily going to bet them myself when, when we have the discussions about Philadelphia, Tampa. And I will mm. admit, I did think the under in Philadelphia and Tampa was a good bet, which it would have been if Jake Elliott hadn't missed that 46-yard field goal. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I, I have to say, I, I usually do our, our best bets in, a, in an accumulator. And my own personal one, I always back it because I believe that if I'm going to say it, I should be. Yeah. Been oh, that, that's, that's for sure. That's, that's, yeah. uh, that's why I, I genuinely, I actually got a headache watching the Dallas game. I was so stressed out in the end that they weren't going to win because I just couldn't take the fact that the best bet wouldn't win when they were far and away. They were like 
They had the ball double the amount of time. They had double oh, yeah. the amount of play. It was just, I was watching this going, the Patriots are going to win this game. They've had the ball for eight minutes. Is that the sort of game, though, that the, the Patriots of three or four years ago would definitely have won? And now we're looking at a team that doesn't quite have that same, you know, yeah. robust steel yeah. Yeah. anymore. Yeah. yeah, I think that's true. I, I, I think, you know, the, the long pass aside, I still don't think they have a deep threat. I think Bill doesn't necessarily want Mac Jones throwing the ball deep too often. Yeah. Um, they're, or, they're, yeah, they're trying even, to play necessarily deep. It's throwing the ball at all too often. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're trying to play safe and, and, you know, but we said, I said the same thing during the Dolphins um, Jags game, because the way the Dolphins play defense is pretty much to the Belichick formula. And they're not afraid to let you have yards, but what they want to do is get you into third down where they then can anticipate what you're going to do. And it's amazing how often they anticipate pretty well. They get into a third down defense that covers most of your um, most of your preferred options. So you really have to get down to a third or fourth option to get that first down. And that's where they that's where they've won a lot of games over the years. Okay, guys. Well, look, we do like to ramble occasionally on this pod, so uh, we will cut some of the stuff that we were going to talk about. One of the things we're going to talk about was the fact that most of the games. Is, there's actually been more games gone to overtime this season than in any other season, and we're only into like week five or six. So we might drop that and drop it in next week um, as to why they are, because we will move on uh, to this week. And a couple of updates about uh, who's hot and who's cold. Uh, we have a, 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 a cold leader now. It is the Washington football team, one and five against the spread. Uh, one and four, the Jets and Sam Fran, uh, of course, who've had by weeks so again wouldn't be all over those and funny enough to see that some of the teams two and four now kansas again i know we've made them kansas pittsburgh new england are all teams that really probably look at possibly avoiding at the moment and uh top of the table um are dallas d-a-l-l Oh, I did spell it wrong the first time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you forgot, you forgot the second S at the end. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there was there were some issues there. Uh, Arizona five and one, Green Bay five and one, um, and then a, a whole host of teams on four and two, and a couple of way, little things to come out of the weekend. Oh yeah, sorry, John. Yeah, go. I was just going to say, I, I, if we can talk very very briefly about uh, my. Super Bowl pick with the Green Bay Packers wasn't looking great after Week One, but I'm feeling pretty confident in it now. I have to say, that's a good looking team. Feeling pretty good, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> we we will see. Okay, Kieran, we will yeah. see, won't we? <laughs> well, their march, they're they're going to take an easy an easy step forward this week. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the final little bits for me is uh, the uh, interestingly the over is now seven and one um, in uh, Monday Night Football. So it seems to be the idea that they're you know, getting two of the most entertaining teams or certainly high-scoring games in Monday Night Football. Um, so we will watch that with interest. That could change how we do our bets and our picks for the over-under. We move on to the action that's taking place. No, 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 uh, no game for you this week, Mike. No, no, unfortunately. No, sadly. Um, you know, it was, it was heartening to hear from a number of people who were happy to see me back on the tube, which is always nice. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> Kieran was very. I don't excited. know how to respond to that. Yeah, yeah. I, I should. I, I, I should. I should say. Yeah, I should say that Betfair wasn't one of them. <laughs> 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 Au contraire, mon frère. <laughs> uh, the slate of games that's taking place this week: the Denver Broncos take on the Cleveland Browns. We're going to start with that game. Very interesting, of course, with the Browns having so many injuries. It's Thursday night football. We got the Bengals at the Ravens. We got Panthers at Giants. We got Washington at Green Bay. Kansas at the Titans. Uh, Falcons at Dolphins, Jets at Patriots, it's Lions at Rams, uh, Eagles at Raiders, Bears at Bucks, and Texans at Cardinals. I did not give you any of those times. You can look them up yourselves as <laughs> I forgot. And uh, Colts at 49ers is Monday Night Football. So get on the over um, on that one. Let's talk, guys, uh, Thursday Night Football. Um, Got to go there first. It's uh, the Denver Broncos uh, taking on a, a banged-up Cleveland Browns at this stage. John, you know, I, I I I looked at Cleveland's depth chart yesterday because I was like, ooh, Kareem Hunt's out, ooh, Nick Chubb's out. You know, yeah. we're all fantasy guys here uh, in the bedroom. Um, so <laughs> I looked to see who was, you know, on their depth chart, and I was really <laughs> surprised just to see how bad the injury situation is now getting at Cleveland. It is. It's tough. It's very tough, uh, and it's it's key pieces of the team as well. I mean, you know, he'll probably play uh, on, on th- in the Thursday night game, but Baker Mayfield is about as banged up as any of them. Uh, but they'll be going in. They're certainly already ruled out of this game is Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt. So the, the ground game is going to change dramatically there with someone like Dearness Johnson. or Dearness. Yeah. Dearness is the man. <laughs> or uh, Demetric Felton coming in. You know, it looks like Jarvis Landry's still gone um, on the defensive side of the ball. Like Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa is out as well. He's on IR now. And he's been one of the most impressive defensive rookies so far this season. Not just for the Browns, obviously, but for in, in, in the entire league, I think. And as well as that, like, but, you know, even if they have all of their pieces available to them, the, the defense is still looking a little bit less than sturdy uh, and there's continuing questions being asked of the coordinator, Joe Woods. I mean, it's worked a few times, particularly that Bears game with the, I think where they sacked Fields was it nine times and Miles Garrett got five and a half of them or something like that. That was, that was a great game, but that speaks more to how porous the, um, the, the Bears offensive line was in that game. And Jason Peters was just bulldozed repeatedly by, by Miles Garrett. You're not going to get that same impact in, in every single game. And like you said, Kieran, if you're, you know, if you're down to second string, third string players on, on you know, it's going to cause a lot of a lot of issues. And it's this injury bug is coming at a bad time for Cleveland as well. They've lost a couple of games now in a row. They're three and three coming. If they lose this game, coming at three, three wins and four losses out of the first seven is significantly beneath expectations of what this team were hoping to do coming into the season. Remember, they only lost five games in the regular season all of last year. So um, it's, I think the... There's a this is a big time pressure game, especially on a short week. But it's it's still it's still a home game for the Browns. I think they can win this one by three points, which to me, uh, just to look at the betting figures, brings the minus four into play, or at least it was minus four last time I checked. No, we're at minus three now. No, we're at minus, minus three. three. Are we yeah, really? We're at minus three. Let's get all aboard this by the sand things. Yeah, I think. Well, in that case, I'll still th- I'll still t- take the Browns on that. But that's it. That's. It's it's not my best bet, and that's going to be a squeaky type game, I think, as well. So I, I do favor the brands probably by more than three, but or it'll be in that ballpark. But I'm not super confident enough to make that to be, you know a recommended recommended bet, I should say. Okay, well, look, look, Denver Broncos eleven to eight, Cleveland Browns eight to thirteen. As we mentioned, it's three points now. As the handicap is forty two point five, is the over under. And Mike, you see John there, he's gone through it all, but you know, there could be an element of him. Well, Denver's, you know, talk, Denver's not, overhead. Yeah, Denver's not fully healthy either. 
Um, yeah. And, you know, and the biggest guy. Are they ever? That's true. The biggest guy missing is probably Bradley Chubb, which um, which is, you know, exactly what they need against a, a weakened Cleveland defensive line. Um, Bowles, I think that's their tackle who missed last week is is probably going to be back. Um, I'm sure Bridgewater plays, although, you know, you hate you hate injured guys, nursing injuries who have to play Sunday and then and then Thursday, which applies to Baker as well. And I know it's, you know, separated shoulder. I don't care that it's his left arm. You know, it's hard. Uh, it's hard. You're going to take shots. You, you've got you've got to play. I, I, I would I would probably advise leaving this one alone um, so. You on the short week. Cleveland at home gets the advantage, but, but Lord knows what, you know, what they're going to be at, what they're going to be able to make of it. Um, Denver's defense didn't look that great at home on Saturday against on Sunday against the Ravens. Um, but I, I just don't, I don't know what weapons are going to, you know, they, they still have weapons and if they can protect Teddy, then they can score a bunch of some points. And I don't think Cleveland's going to be able to play from behind. Um, and that's one of my big mantras right now is, is we see completely different teams in this, this year's NFL when they're having to play from behind. There's always one or two who can't, but now we're seeing that there's a lot of teams who aren't geared up for that. So, um, I mean, if I had to say, I'd probably, I'd probably go along with John and take, and take Cleveland, um, but without any great, any great faith. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> Not too much right there. Um, I mean, all I heard was that both teams are missing Chubb, so I was like, it's a yeah. Chubbless oh, yeah, night. That's true. <laughs> Chubbless night. Um, but maybe it's one to just wait and see. Can I ask you both then, just just, just leaning, would you say under? Like, if you're talking about a game that's going to be close and you're not quite sure, you don't yeah. see blowouts, so... I'd, I'd lean on the under on this one, which we've got at, what? What's the, what is it? 42 there? and a half. 42 and a half I might, I might lean over simply because I think the Ooh. defenses might make some mistakes. Yeah. Although, really, the more you look at Cleveland, the more you think, who's going to score? John, who's going to score? Um, <laughs> Donovan Peoples Jones, I guess. That's that's what we'll be looking at. Or no, th- to be honest, I think that I was just I was just reflecting on this game. I think this is going to be uh, a game for the tight ends from the Browns' perspective. I think so. I think we're looking at a lot of short passes, particularly if if Case Keenum has to come in. Uh, that'll really really change things. Oh, then the score goes up. If Keenum's in, it goes over. Do you reckon? Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that interceptions? Or... But, yeah. <laughs> but as well, the um, Denver haven't been the most high-scoring unit in the in the league so far this year as well. So I mean, that's what's making me lean towards the the under on this one. But I wouldn't be surprised either way. Yeah, no, they're not at Denver. And to be honest, they they were one of my picks. Remember, they played the Steelers, and I was like, these are two teams who are struggling to score points. The only time Denver scored points was in that game. So. Uh, <laughs> Rather frustrating. Okay, look, let's move on to ones uh, that we can maybe concentrate a little bit better on. <laughs> that, that we can bet on. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's one way of putting it. Yeah, let's move on Sunday night. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals take on uh, the Baltimore Ravens. It's 2-1 to one about the Bengals. It's 2-5 to five the Ravens. Six-point handicap. 47.5 is the over-under. Um, guys, look, I, I, I'm going to come to you actually first on this, John, because you... I mean, you haven't ragged on the Ravens, you know. I wouldn't go that far, but you've certainly kind of took a lot of their victories and said, "Well, I'm still not really buying this team." Well, that the Chargers win, changed. The Chargers win was better. Oh, you've changed your mind now. Oh, oh well, like okay. I mean, it's, well, it's the evidence is right there in front of us. That was an extremely impressive performance against, uh, you know, the Justin Herbert-led offense that put 
what was it, 47 points on, on Cleveland just the week before. Um, and then to reduce them just to six points, that speaks a great deal about how organized this uh, the Ravens defensive unit is. But I, 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 like it's, it is that sort of caveat that every time we talk about Baltimore this season, we have to talk about the injury situation, wherein, I mean, they've lost so many of their skill position players uh, to injury so far this season. And I mean, their top two running backs aren't going to take a snap all year. Um, but now they're starting to lose some other players, like the, the offensive tackle Ronnie Stanley. That's a big, that's a big miss, and I, I believe he's out for the for the rest of the campaign now. So at some point, you have to think that uh, this will start translating to the field. It hasn't yet, but it, you know, you, it, it it should. Logic dictates that eventually it should. Like this game, uh, an AFC North uh, rivalry game as well. At this time last year, would have been an absolute no-brainer. You'd be. Uh, Ravens for sure, but this is a five and one Ravens team now and a four and two Bengals team. This isn't the same Cincinnati team from a year ago. And Burrow's fit and healthy and playing well, so I think uh, it'll be it could well be a closer game than a lot of people would anticipate. Just looking at the two names, the two brands, the two franchises on display, um, we're given uh, the Bengals six points here, I believe. But I'd still, I, I you know, Kieran, I'm going to go after, despite what you said at the top of the link here, I'm still going to go with uh, Baltimore to win by more than a touchdown. Yeah, um, Mike, I'm going to throw it over to you. It's two things. Well, actually, three things. First off, John, you're starting to call Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's like what I did for like oh, six <laughs> months. So you've, 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 joined, you've joined me in the, in the mispronunciation of his name. The second thing is, uh, yes, Joe Burrow has looked excellent, Mike. And the third thing is, while that Baltimore Ravens victory was very, very strong, one of the things with the Chargers is because of the way they go for it on fourth down, when they start to implode, they really really fucking implode yeah this was one of the games where you realize that that they that they it's not that they can't play from behind because they have they've come back the Chargers were one of the teams i thought yeah they can play from behind they're they're wide open but baltimore took advantage of that and one of the things you know i i I said immediately after the game wink martindale the defensive coordinator if he's not a head coach i don't know why um, he won't get a chance because he's such a good defensive coordinator. And and they were doing what a lot of teams are doing more of now, but but basically having eight guys standing up at the line of scrimmage. So you never know which ones are going to rush and which ones are going to drop back into coverage. And it and it seemed to hold Herbert up, um, you know, j- just enough to let that secondary make plays. And they've got a really good secondary. Um and you know when Mike Williams Mike Williams misses misses a ball down on the two yard line or whatever, which which would have put the Chargers right back in the in the game and kept it level. A couple of mistakes like that are are what will kill you in a game like this because what we're seeing and and John's absolutely right about the running backs. Although Marte, you know, um, Martavius had a one good run at least, and you know. You look at the guys who are running the ball for them, and it's like it's like John Ball's fantasy team from 2018. Uh, you know, and, and they're they're all really Burn. good. Murray, Murray, um, you know, Le'Veon Bell. Le'Vi- Le'Vi- yeah. You know, it's it's like blasts from the past. Devonte Freeman there as well. Yeah, yeah Devonta Freeman who lo- who looked good at times too. But but the thing is, they're they're using Lamar as a passer much more now, uh, and with Bateman back, who didn't do much, but you know, but he is what he was exactly what they were looking for, which is an X receiver, uh, the, the split end on one side who can be a big target, but can also get downfield. Um, and I think with, when he's there, that opens up a bit of the field for their other receivers who are not a bad group. Um, when is assuming Hollywood Brown catches the ball. Um, 
you know, they become a very good threat. And Andrews is a really fine tight end. So they have the offensive weapons, which I think will challenge Cincinnati's defense a bit too much. Um, and I, 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 I'm tempted. If the, if the spread had been seven or more, I might have taken the Bengals. Um, but I have, I have the feeling like John that Baltimore can, Baltimore can cover six. Okay, that's the Cincinnati Bengals game. It's six o'clock. It's live with Sky Sports. Two to one, the Bengals, Baltimore Ravens. Two to five and six points is the handicap. Keep an eye on that. As we mentioned, if it was to move, uh, it might just change uh, how you were to play that one. The uh, the nine twenty six game that Sky are going to cover is the Chicago Bears taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who continue uh, to be one of the most impressive teams in the league at the moment. Uh, Chicago Bears are nine to two. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are two to thirteen. It's a big uh, spread. It's twelve point five, and the over under is forty seven point five. Now, as a rule, gentlemen, I don't know why I, I, I went into kind of some accent there at some stage. I can't tell you. <laughs> Lindsay Graham or something. He's making. I do yeah, declare. He's doing. Do he's declare. doing. Doing the hand gestures yeah, too. Yeah, I do declare um, <laughs> that uh, I am not a big fan of double-digit spreads um, in terms of backing the like, Tampa. The you know, um, while I, I can see, you know, teams obviously get beat by twenty-plus points, um, it's just dangerous because at some stage, if they go up by a lot, especially Tampa, like they are just going to stop running the ball and they are going to naturally let their defense kind of rest on their laurels a bit. And as you saw with Philadelphia, actually, Mike, I'll come to you, Mike. You, you kind of called it last week. These things can happen. You know, people can score garbage time touchdowns and suddenly Tampa have won by 11 and you've lost your bet. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, oddly enough, the, the bears, with Justin Fields are a bit like the Eagles with Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, if your defense starts to relax a bit, he's going to take advantage of you with his feet, um, if, if nothing else, and, and bust a couple of, of big plays. It doesn't quite look to me like the Bears know exactly what they want to run with Justin Fields. In other words, the Eagles are playing pretty much single-wing football with Hurts. But the Bears seem to be caught in the kind of nether zone um, where they I don't know if they actually understand what they've got there. I think Tampa's a good enough defensive team to hold the Bears in check um, for for quite a while. And the Bears are a pretty good defensive team, although not probably as good as the reputation would have it. You know, Khalil Mack is can be great but he hasn't had these extended periods of of being the khalil mack of old if, if when akeem hicks is healthy they can you know produce good pass rush but tampa's really good at handling the pass rush too so um my the caveat you just suggested the one that i said last week about philadelphia and tampa i would probably look at again um, this week with Chicago with the same kind of scenario where they can do a, a sneaky backdoor cover once they're down by by 17 or so, 14, 17, whatever, um, and and can't Tampa don't bother to finish them off. Um, so you know, if you if you forced me to 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 oh, if you I forced am. me to take Chicago, I probably would, but Oh, if I, I thought you were going to ask me if I forced you to pick. I'm going to, I'm going to yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. And John, you're going to, I'm going to force you to pick now because at the moment, the Matt Nagy team is getting tipped up here. Not, not obviously to win the game, but with the points. Yeah. Tell, tell me we're being foolish. 
uh there's yeah there's kind of two approaches you can take to this um number one i kind of have been kind of impressed by the the bears defense i think they have uh, an ability to keep games close when they need to or if things go in their favor or if they get the bounce of the ball so to speak but at the same time that when they've come up against some of the league's better teams this year uh, and i'm talking about the packers the rams and even the browns but that's debatable um they've lost those games those three games that they by a combined score of 84 to 34 so that doesn't bode well for a bears team coming in against the bucks who remember kind of coming off what they call like the mini bye week because they played the thursday game last week um I've kind of, I'm on the fence here. The over-under is 47.5 for this one. And on the one hand, I think that uh, the Bears defense can keep the scores a little bit low, particularly if there's a couple of rumors going around about Tom Brady having like a bit of a, an injury to his thumb. If that limits the amount of uh, throws that Bruce Arians and the Tampa offense are going to give him, remains to be seen. They might just It might be a Leonard Fournette kind of game. Um, but... My, my, my gut on this, my first instinct was actually the under 47 and a half in this. So I'm going to, I'm going to stick with that and not change my own mind. Yeah. Can I, I'll just make a comment is if you think the under is a good bet, the 12.5 looks more reasonable. That's, if yeah, you, that's if you think this is an over game, I wouldn't take the, I wouldn't take the bears in 12.5, but if you think the bears can hold the game to a lower score, then it might be a good bet. Okay, uh, we'll move on to the big finish. Two games to go. Sunday night football. Indianapolis Colts take on the San Francisco 49ers back after a bye. 13 to 8, the Colts 1 to 2 to San Fran 49ers. Uh, four point handicap at the moment. That's minus four for San Fran. 9 to 10, uh, the 44.5 line at the moment. Jump off the Colts head to the 49ers. Uh, you know, do you know, Mike, when Mike said, I think it was a week or two ago, that there are teams that are really good, there are teams that are in the middling, and there are teams that are really, really, you know, dog shit. I think <laughs> I would put the Colts and 49ers in that middling bracket. I know we talked at times about the 49ers being, you know, a possible if they got their act together and got all their injuries, they could go far. I just don't think they're going to do it this season now. Um so this is kind of a tough one to go with. So how do you see it going? Uh, yeah, I, I think you you said you teed it up quite well there, Kieran. It's two teams whose two seasons haven't really gone to this point about you know how they were expecting. I think Indy figured they would be in a little bit of a better situation. But at the same time, I think um, Carson Wentz has started to show a little bit of life there in the last game or two. So I think if you contrast that with the quarterback situation in San Francisco, which I'm still... I just. Still just not satisfied with what's going on. Yeah. yeah, I'm still not satisfied with what's going on there because the Colts are either going to face a quarterback making his, I guess it would be a second start in Trey Lance or Jimmy G, who's just kind of looking a little bit like a spent force these days. And and such a different quarterback to, the, to, the, to Lance because, you know, sometimes from an offensive point of view, you'd like a little bit of, you know, cohesion when you're, you're going between those two types of players or, or two quarterbacks, if you're bringing one in for a few plays and bringing another in for a few plays, but because they're so drastically different, it kind of just, it, it, to me, it's making the rest of the offense kind of second guess themselves, you know, and, and also it's, you're struggling to really discern any real offensive identity to the team. So uh, with all of that said, I think there's a little bit more life in the Colts at the moment despite it being an away game, I think they're going to win by three. And I think we're giving them four points. So I'd take the Colts on the handicap. Um, interesting interesting thing is, is the Colts are now a running team. Jonathan Taylor is, 
is running really well behind that line. And Marlon Mack is there, you know, to give him a breather. And then they put Naheem Hines in um, and, and they can get a lot of running yardage. And Wentz, I haven't seen him do anything really spectacular, but he's not turning the ball over, which is one of the things that killed him in Philadelphia in, in every year, except one and a half. Um, and, and that's a great sign if they can play ball control. Now, stopping the run is, is one of San Francisco's strengths. Um, so that's going to be the matchup, really, that watches, that runs the game. The practice situation right now is that Jimmy G was at practice Monday and Tuesday, and Lance wasn't. Um, and I don't know what that means in terms, but I'm pretty confident that it'll be Jimmy G um, starting. And he he runs the offense the way Shanahan has designed it to be run. Um, I, I know what John's saying about the dis, the disconnect between the two different kinds of quarterbacks. Shanahan's offense isn't really designed for a run quarterback um, necessarily to get his stuff. And I know he can, he can, he could uh, modify it to be able to do that. But I actually, I actually like them better with Jimmy G with Jimmy G back. Um, so I, I would, take the 49ers giving four. Okay, a little bit vague. I'm glad you came in there, Mike, because, well, I, I think in the next couple of weeks, we're going to probably start recording um, the podcast as, as a film as well, a film as a video as well. We've used clips. Some of you will have seen on on um, Twitter and on Instagram, et cetera. Immediately, Mike sat up there, by the way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, my, we the were, hydraulics on my chair aren't yeah. very good. <laughs> we're not We're not filming this one. Um but if anyone had seen my face when John said that Jimmy G was a spent force, I mean, it actually caused so much of a reaction to me <laughs> that, Mike, you had to come in and kind of take over the preview yeah. of it because just like... Here, you don't agree then, I take it. No, he's not. No, he's, he's no, 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 no. It sounds like, it sounds like the review of a porn movie. <laughs> well, look, if he's out I of the job... I think wishes month, it was, maybe. No. <laughs> Oh, Jimmy, you never yeah. call. You know, right? and to go back to your original point, Karen, which I think is is well taken, mostly since I made it in the first place and you were commenting. But, but you know, the good teams, the you know, splitting into three divisions, as it were, in the league. One of the interesting things this week is that there's six teams on bye weeks this year, this week, including only Jacksonville. Miami's playing after playing in London without a bye, which I don't think anyone's ever done before. And that, I might be wrong there, but, but my memory doesn't say, say that, but of those six teams, five of them are three and three or better. You know, so basically a lot of the good teams are out. What we have are quite a few matchups with big spreads because we're matching up teams, you know, playing against teams who appear to be much inferior to them. Uh, thank you for that as for saying I, I had made a good point and then clarifying it was your original I, I like to call that a compliment you said it yourself I was just it's, I was I was I was thanking you for the um for the no. backhanded compliment and I enjoyed the compliment and the insult the compliment that you gave me. <laughs> uh, the the final game that we're going to look at is the New Orleans Saints taking on the Seattle Seahawks four to nine about the Saints nine to five about the Seahawks uh, who were one of those who suffered a cruel overtime defeat uh, it is 5.5 on the spread, and it's 43.5. Um, um, Mike, any chance that Cam Newton uh, takes to the field? It's funny. You, this, this, this 
is not scripted, <laughs> folks. That was exactly what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> we don't that, believe in a script here on NFL. You know, a lot of people have been saying, you know, why don't they sign Colin Kaepernick? They looked at him a couple of times in the past, blah, blah, blah. Why don't they sign Cam Newton? I mean, Cam, you know, what did, did Cam play that badly last year? You know, by the end of the season, he was he was kind of back to as good as he'd been at the beginning of the season, which was not cam vintage cam, but it was not bad. And, you know, this is not to slight Gino, um, who I thought didn't play, you know, badly, but, but obviously they're geared. The Seahawks are geared to be a Russell Wilson kind of team, no matter who the offensive coordinator is, no matter who the O-line coach is, no matter who the backs are, they wind up being a Russell Wilson team. They, they play you to stay close and expect to win the game in the fourth quarter when Russell Wilson does his magic. And that that's not Geno's game. I don't think mm-hmm. um, normally, if you told me that the Seahawks were getting five and a half against a saints team that is not bad, but not the saints team with drew Brees, I would, I would say, take the Seahawks. Um, and it's very hard to predict what Jameis Winston is going to do under the pressure of a Seattle crowd and, and the Monday night game and all that kind of stuff. But I don't think that Seahawks defense is, we automatically think leads to boom. We all automatically think Jamal Adams wreaking havoc. I think they're very vulnerable to an offense that's had a lot of time to prepare for them. So um, I really hate to, I really hate to take a visiting team giving five and a half but I probably would with the, with the Saints. Ooh, John. Yeah, come well, on. At the bottom line is my my bet is the same. I would take this, uh, the Saints at minus five and a half as well. Uh, I won't uh, labor on this too much as Mike kind of hit most of the points there. But the one thing I will say uh, about Seattle is that just delving into my research for this, I discovered that they're bottom three in the league for expected points against per play. So, uh, and, you know, they're, they're some of those, some of their, because some of their key players on defense aren't playing well this year. So that's why I think the um, Saints with minus five and a half is an attractive bet. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll head towards the big finish. It is, of course, best bets time. Now, uh, as is tradition, those who got it right last week shall pick first. So, Mike, you can sit back for a couple of moments. (laughs) (laughs) Ray Charles can see that one coming. (laughs) Stick it it in the column, as Jason McAteer said to Roy Keane. Um, (laughs) I will go. uh, So I'm going to go for a little bit of a controversial one. uh, For those of you who are regular listeners that know that I do not like unders. But but one that catches my attention this weekend uh, is Kansas City Chiefs at the Tennessee Titans. It's 57.5, which is quite high for a game. Yes, Derrick Henry, three touchdowns. Yes, explosive Kansas uh, offense. But you know what? Not as explosive as it has been in previous seasons. And 58 is a lot to stick the marker in. Um, So I'm going to say under 58 points in the Kansas City Chief game, Tennessee Titans, for no better reason than it is just extremely high. I mean, that's almost 60 points, and that is is a hell of a lot to have to get to, even with two quite high-powered offensive units, one of which has spluttered at times this season. Um, John Baff, 
your best bet of the weekend? My best bet, Kieran. It's not as gl- it's not as glamorous a game, I think, as your one. But I'm looking at the Carolina Panthers at New York Giants game, and again, uh, just looking into my little notes for this, it seems uh, that Carolina are uh, eight and one against the spread in their last nine games on the road. And I think they'll do it again. I think they'll keep that up uh, this weekend in New York against the Giants. Yes, good shout, good shout. Yeah, I, I would have, I would have grabbed on that one too. It'll, it'll probably be my value bet, or because it's evens right now at minus yeah, three. And I, I think that's yeah. that's pretty, that's pretty good. I don't think it'll stay there by the time I write the column on Friday. So um, I'm going to go over on um, the Indy San Francisco game at forty four five. Um, I, I don't think that's unreasonable that these two teams can put that many points on the board. Uh, I'm actually tempted to go over in New Orleans, Seattle as well, um, but not, I'll leave that off. My best one would be in Indy, San Francisco over. Um, although, you know, what's really tempting and I won't, I wouldn't put it as a best bet, but it is so tempting to look at Houston getting seven, 17 and a half <laughs> at, at My Arizona. <laughs> at, at Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that almost doesn't compute, you know. <laughs> yeah. And Arizona's not like the Patriots in full, you know, when when the Jets were coming in pathetically against the Patriots a couple of years ago and it was, I think they had a 19 spread or an 18 yeah. spread, you know, and they cover and they covered it. Um this is only only so to speak 17 and a half. If it was 16 and a half, I'd take I I think I would take Houston in in um in a uh, plus, sorry, excuse me, um, plus 17 and a half. If it was 16 and a half, I wouldn't even think about it, but 17 and a half that covers a 17 point lead. Yeah. <laughs> that really, that I mean, some bookie out there is really just sticking pins in my, in my back. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay guys uh look we will we will leave it there thank you so much once again um again happy birthday to john of course who celebrated a big birthday uh you can all uh slag him on twitter for all that. <laughs> Mike, Thanks, everybody when is your birthday actually mike should we should we um oh do i still have birthdays I, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> it's not during the season unfortunately Oh, neither for you, is mine. For neither you, yeah. No, neither is um, it's, uh, it's, it's in March. Um, thank you, gents. I will leave you with that. Uh, thanks again for joining us, and thank you for listening. A reminder to please do gamble responsibly, and if you haven't by now, please subscribe even uh, to the podcast network. We've got racing, we've got football, we've got NFL, we've got cricket, and we've got Wade in, the best racing topical show every Monday as well. And the channel is growing from strength to strength to strength. Had one of its biggest weeks ever this week uh, with absolute hundreds of thousands of people listening which is just absolutely fantastic to see and uh, you are among them so thank you so much for listening again do please gamble responsibly enjoy the nfl action all of sunday we'll be back next wednesday for nfl only better till then goodbye for now